Each year, more than 2 million American students sit for the SAT, the nation's most widely used college admissions test, and most do so with the clock ticking. Students have 100 minutes to complete 96 questions on evidence-based reading and writing, and another 80 minutes to answer 58 questions on math. Unless, that is, they have an accommodation granting them extra time. Yet requests for time accommodations have soared in recent years, and the Varsity Blues admission scandal has revealed how affluent families can use the availability of accommodations to game the system. As the controversy continues, some experts are asking whether gatekeeping tests like the SAT should be timed at all. I'm Marty West, editor of Education Next, and I'm joined today by Greg Topo, a veteran education journalist and author most recently of Support Builds for Making the SAT Untimed for Everyone, which will appear in the winter 2020 issue of the journal and is available now at educationnext.org. Greg, welcome back to the Ednext podcast. Thanks for having me. So we sent you off to cover the push to make the SAT untimed, and you came back with a piece that not only did that, but largely embraced the argument for lifting time limits. What, in your view, is the strongest argument for making the SAT untimed? Um, You know, I think at this point, the strongest argument is that there are plenty of people getting accommodations already on this sort of de facto, very highly accommodated test. So the question a lot of people are asking is, well, wait a minute, Um, maybe everybody should get this um, accommodation. Um, You know, there's been some really interesting recent research about students with um, so-called 504s that the um, the rate has jumped quite a bit recently, and that requests for accommodations to the college board the past couple of years have jumped, uh, I think one estimate was that about 200% between 2010 and 2017. So there are parents and students figuring out ways to get these accommodations, whether they need them or not. So the, the big idea is sort of, well, maybe everybody should just get the same accommodation. And so by 504, you were referring to Section 504 of a federal law that requires that accommodations be provided for those students who legitimately need them. That is a determination made by school systems who then endorse a request to the SAT or the College Board for accommodations. So we know that the number of people receiving accommodations is going up. But it's not just how many, it's also who, right? That's part of the concern here? That's right. I mean, you know, the interesting thing is that when you look at who who has a 504, um, you know, there's been some research that basically finds that 504 students are so overwhelmingly white. And there's some other research talking about how, um, you know, there are suburban um, school districts, you know, with very, very few Title I schools have a much greater rate of 504 accommodations. So in a way, the system is already sort of biased towards these kids. And the question of, can we make it more equal? Can we make it fairer for everybody? It seems like the current distribution of accommodations is very difficult to defend. The question becomes, do we try to clean up the system or do we get rid of the issue altogether by eliminating time limits? And uh, that's the way I've been thinking about the issue. And one argument Mm -hmm. you hear from the defenders of time limits is that Look, the main purpose of the SAT is to predict college success, and college is an environment where you often have to perform under time pressure. So how do proponents of an untimed SAT respond to that concern? They don't actually immediately address it. Um, I mean, I think everybody would acknowledge that college is a timed thing, right? Um, You don't have unlimited time 
to do your homework or to make a presentation or to do a good project. The question is whether um, you do have the opportunity in some sense to show what you know, to show you know what kind of thinking you can do and show what kind of work you can do. Um, I mean, I think to me that's like really the key question here. Are you, in a sense, unfairly disadvantaging students by giving them a sense, okay, listen, in this case, you can take all the time you want, but, you know, in another year or so, you're going to be under quite a bit of time pressure to produce. And I think that's a really kind of an interesting and I think important question. One of the things that I was struck by in your reporting was the flimsy evidentiary basis for the specific accommodations that are provided to students. You quote Yuri Trachtenberg at Boston University as saying that providing extra time on college tests skews results in a manner that's not rigorously and objectively analyzed or understood. So it's not always clear just how much extra time a student with a disability should be given to ensure that there's a level playing field. What do you make of that? Yeah, I, I, you know, I actually, I actually think he makes probably the strongest case against um, untiming stuff, uh, just like the SAT. You know, he basically says, "Wait a minute, um, like, how do we know, you know, that one disability needs more time than another?" Um, he, he rightly cites, you know, this idea that like there's no research saying, um, you know, how one disability. Uh, should get a different accommodation than another. And he, I think, makes the strongest case that, you know, once a student is in school, once they're in college, you know, they're disadvantaged because the world is not going to uh, wait for you to finish this thing, um, this assignment or this test or this project or what have you. Um, you know, college is deadline-driven. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's just reality. And what is the college board saying about the issue? As you report, you have a growing number of academic researchers who are calling attention to this issue. You have the media calling attention to the indefensible Mm -hmm. pattern of 504 accommodations. How is the college board responding to the conversation? The college board says basically this. Yes, we know there's a problem. We know that schools have a problem. We know that there's some schools that are given a lot more accommodations than others. We know that there are places where you can go where a doctor will get you the diagnosis to get you an accommodation, um, and we're working on that. Um, we want to help, and we are essentially going to try to sort of clamp down on schools that are, um, that are seeking more accommodations than seems reasonable. So, so their point of view is... Um, you know, no, we're not we're not looking seriously at untiming tests like the SAT, but we are looking at um, just basically tightening up the the regulations for um, getting an accommodation. They have actually looked into um, the idea of giving students more time on the SAT, and one of the things they found is that, to their analysis, they really didn't find that it that it produces that much of a higher score. Um, so they really you know, in a sense, they're saying two different things at the same time. They're saying, yes, we know this is a problem, but they're also saying, eh, you know, more time doesn't really advantage kids that much. At the same time, as I understand it, some recent changes to the SAT have, to some degree, alleviated the time pressure. They've revised the exam to provide 43% more time per question than 
been mm-hmm. the case previously. And so perhaps that takes a little bit of the edge off of the debate to some degree. Yeah, I think it does. I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think the other thing uh, to look at is sort of down the road, um, you know, eventually I think most testing is going to go the, the route of a lot of state tests, which is adaptive testing, in that um, every student basically will sit for what amounts to a different test based on the answers they give. Um, so that, in, in a sense, the time issue will kind of go by the wayside. Every student will take a, a test that basically presents them with different items until the instrument itself has a good probability that the student knows the material. Um, and, you know, in some cases, that may not take very long. Um, in some cases, it may take a little longer, but the, the idea of time being the sort of constant, I think, is going to go by the wayside pretty soon. Yeah, you're referring here to computer adaptive tests, which mm-hmm. adjust the content of the exam based on a student's performance early on. And at least in theory, this allows them to zero in very quickly on what exactly students are able to uh, demonstrate in terms of their achievement. Uh, and perhaps if the SAT were to go in that direction, we could uh, think about time in a much more flexible manner. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And I think state, you know, state tests are already moving in that direction. A lot of other um, sort of, um, you know, certification tests um, are moving in that direction as well. So in a way, so the SAT is and the college board in general is sort of laggard in that in, in that sense. Of course, as we think about cleaning up the accommodations process, what's unclear is the extent to which the real problem is the wealthy gaming the system, or whether the real problem is the fact that they're the only ones with the resources needed to navigate the system appropriately. Uh, and uh, I think that creates a, a challenge for thinking about what the nature of the problem really is. Is that, uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think that, I think that's a good way to think of it. I mean, in kind of one, one way I sort of think of uh, these two propositions as sort of two sides of the same coin. Um, there are lots of um, wealthy parents, wealthy families who do have the resources to get their children, you know, the, um, the testing that's required to get uh, these accommodations. Um, but sort of the flip side of that is um, taking it one step further and sort of abusing the system. Um, and that, I think, is what we found, and I think what was sort of very sort of vividly demonstrated um, in things like the Varsity Blues scandal, um, where you had, where you had um, students who clearly didn't need accommodations um, just getting them because their parents could afford to get that doctor's uh, letter, to get that order. Um, and I think, you know, people respond pretty uh, viscerally to that. Yeah, I think the, the one thing that is very clear from the reporting on that scandal and your own reporting in this piece is that school districts and perhaps even especially private schools are going to be lousy gatekeepers for the accommodations process. Uh, I say no, perhaps I even right. especially private schools because... They're, of course, competing for families, trying to convince them that it's worth the investment to attend. And one of the things that they're selling is a streamlined path to an elite college or university. No, I think that's right. And, and, and you know, if you think about it from, let's say, a, um, you know, an elite private school or even a sort of a highly regarded public high school, I mean, 
it really doesn't cost them much to let parents sort of drive the bus, if you will, to let parents um, get these accommodations, right? In a way, it benefits everyone, right? The, the, the student gets a higher score. The parents are happy. Um, more students get into the college of their choice. I mean, it really takes sort of a school's administration with a lot of spine to say, wait a minute, this isn't right. Um, I mean, I talked to one uh, sort of long-time um, admissions observer, Bruce Pock, who used to um, be the dean of admissions at Pomona College, who's now um, working at a, a private school in the Los Angeles area. <clears throat> and one of the things he said was that, you know what, we've created this sort of arms race where, you know, whenever we make it fair, whenever we sort of try to say, okay, you know, here are the rules, people are going to find some way to game the system in another way. Kind of breathtaking. And I think I think he's right in that sense. He, he actually had a really interesting um, observation. He said, basically, you know, the only sort of obstacle to a lot of wealthy parents is just sort of finding <clears throat> the right cocktail party to go to, to be introduced to the right doctor to get the note that you need. The one check on that dynamic that you just described until 2003 was the fact that if you received an accommodation on the SAT prior to that time, you had an asterisk that appeared on your score report saying that that was the case. And some have argued that the college board basically created the current problem that we're talking about, the excessive use and misuse of accommodations by removing that asterisk. Why did they make that change? And uh, is there any conversation about undoing it? There is no conversation about undoing it that I know of. Um, and to, to your question about sort of why, um, why it happened in the first place. Um, so, you know, so we have been living with this change for more than 15 years. Um, at the time, they basically saw it as a fairness um, uh, tool. Um, and I think, you know, students, advocates for students with disabilities saw it as um, kind of a way that colleges could discriminate. Um, and so that's why they... They took it away. Um, you know, the college board says it was the right thing to do, and they still stand by it. So I don't, I don't think they have any plans to to get rid of the the asterisks, if you will, or the sorry, the to bring back the asterisks. I guess would be would be more accurate. My guest today has been Greg Topo. His new article, "Support Builds for Making the SAT on Time for Everyone," is available now at EducationNext.org. Greg, thanks for the article, and thanks for being part of the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Ednext Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you use so that you don't miss an episode. And especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It helps us find more listeners and more listeners to find us.